Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Alicia McPherson. Alicia became a naturopathic doctor after experiencing burnout and a thyroid issue. She says she had to switch from the masculine energy of success, which left her tired and unmotivated, to a feminine energy alignment with her cycle and her purpose. She now has a hormone and metabolic health program supporting the health of high-performing women. Let's see how this spirals out. Welcome, Alicia. So good to have you on Empowered. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored. (laughs) So let's start with this movement from masculine energy to feminine energy. I find that intriguing and empowering for many to understand because it is, it's a paradigm shift, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It for sure is. Yeah, I kind of went into it because I was working, I work with, started with women in weight loss and then was seeing why aren't they getting to the place they want to be at? Not only were they trying to lose weight, they were tired, they were burnt out, their metabolism was just kind of in the gutter here. So I was looking at what is happening, what is actually going to help them as naturopaths, we're always looking at the underlying root cause. And I was seeing that the stress response was coming up quite a bit that these women we're just so burnt out. They were so tired, but then trying to lose weight on top of that, leading to more burnout, more tired, more exhaustion, poor mental clarity. Now their thyroid's a hot mess. So I was recognizing this pattern I was seeing in them. And that kind of introduced me to the, the masculine feminine approach to, to this. And I actually consider it three, the trifecta of a powerfully aligned women is the queen energy, which is the very masculine energy of hustle and force and push your way and you got to fix you're never good enough you've got to fix yourself and then the the goddess energy which is i am perfect just as i am i am beautiful i am whole i am worthy i am i am i'm amazing and so i was noticing a lot of my clients were so far into that queen energy of i got to stay busy work is attached to or my worth is attached to how much i work how much i take on they were always pushing themselves to do more and be more. And this was leading to this huge issue in burnout, low energy, and then having bodies that they, they didn't love anymore. So that's when I started with my clients to start shifting us back into the feminine energy or what I call the goddess energy, which was calm, ease, playful, creative, fun, just very nurturing to our bodies. Right. Because with that constant push, you end up being exhausted and then there's nothing left to look after your body with. Like it's, you're just drained. Exactly. The masculine or queen energy can be very depleting because you're just taking more from yourself. You think, okay, I got to do the juice cleanse. I got to do the workout, the the meditation. So you keep adding things onto your list of to-dos, but then you end up just even more defeated. So what I learned was it's not necessarily adding more self-care, but changing the energy around that self-care, starting to embody the feminine or the goddess energy that we really can find that calm, confidence, ease, play again. Yeah. And 
you're you graduated from the Ontario College of Naturopathic Medicine, and you went through a bit of a shift yourself. It, it probably was a, a journey to come to this place, wasn't it? Oh, it was definitely a journey. It started. I seem to have gained 30 pounds out of nowhere. I was always an athlete, always fairly um, lean. And then I just gained this weight and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I struggled for like a decade going through undergrad, then medical school or naturopathic medical school and feeling so puffy, so inflamed all the time. That's when I started to really make that connection to our hormones, our metabolism and the stress response. I was like, no wonder I can't lose this weight. I'm so so tired. I'm so stressed all the time. Cortisol plays such a huge role. So once I could figure that out, I, I realized, okay, the weight's coming off easier, but man, my energy's improving. Mental clarity, that brain fog is lifted. I feel like myself again. And that was huge for me. Right, because it's pretty stressful even becoming a naturopathic doctor. So you were probably flaming the fire a little. Yeah, we're the <laughs> profession that is all about healing and nurturing and and giving ourselves support where we put ourselves through some serious <laughs> trauma, I'm going to say through that school trying to succeed and we're all very high achievers too, so you want to do well, you want to be the best practitioner possible, but then you end up a little burnt out in the process. Right. So tell us about cortisol and how it affects the whole our whole um way of being really. Yeah, everything. And and although we love cortisol, like if I was being chased by a bear, you better believe I want to hit a cortisol to get me out of there uh, to make me survive. But what happens is we're in this society where we're constantly hit with the stress response. If you're on your phone, just media in the last year is very stressful. You know, last March, I started watching the news and the anxiety that I would start getting when I woke up in the morning was not, not me. So we put ourselves through these stressors every single day, traffic, jobs, kids, homeschooling, kids, our career, it's never ending, but our body is going through that, that stress response every time. And we're not properly managing it. We're not ending that stress response. So every day it's like adding on, adding on, adding on until eventually we become so numb. Our hormones become numb. Metabolism becomes numb. We can't properly feel into our bodies anymore. Right. Because, you know, a couple hundred years ago, we would be chased by the bear and you'd have this spike in order to escape, you know, fight or flight. But then it was over. But today, like you say, it's a constant bombardment of stress. And women, you know, over the last 50 years, we've decided we can do it all. We can have a career, we can raise children, we can do everything. So it's just, and and if you're not doing it perfectly, you're stressed. Exactly. And there's the external stressors, of course, our job, finances, but then also the internal stressors, the, the image women have on their body and what society expects culturally, that constant thought that's coming up every time you pass by a mirror or you see yourself in pictures, that's causing stress. The judgment, the shame, the guilting, ruminating memories, we often don't realize what internal stressors are doing for us as well. We think it's just external, but the internal stressors are just as important. Yeah, exactly. And so on top of it, we're supposed to look exactly perfect all the time. <laughs> so what is your solution, hun? What have you come up with? 
what have I come up with? <laughs> a lot of, I would say it's a beautiful combination between eating right, right? Making sure that you're eating foods that are supporting your, your adrenals, supporting your hormones. A lot of women that I work with, we actually pull them back from exercise. They're not eating enough because they've been told 1200 calories is the amount they can have. They're probably not eating enough carbs, protein or fats. So we're trying to boost those up and they're exercising way too much. And I find that these women that are so far into the queen or the masculine energy just want to do more. They feel like they're not good enough as they are. So they're doing more exercise. Like for me, I was working out at CrossFit for an hour and a half a day. Then I was going to yoga practice at night while studying for exams, while trying to have a social life. So it was like, I look back, I'm like, what, what were you thinking, Alicia? So for a lot of these women, we're, we're just pulling them off exercise. Can you get outside and walk in nature for 30 minutes a day? It's going to change your life. And then of course, adaptogens, supplements, I, I love, but what I found to be really the most important thing was starting to shift our energy and how we do things. Because for a lot of women that I work with, they're high performing, they're ambitious, they've got big goals. And I don't necessarily want to take that away from them, but I want them to learn how to change their perception of stress. Because someone sitting in traffic may have a totally different experience than someone who's listening to the music that they love or a self-help podcast, or maybe they're talking with a friend and having the best time ever. So if I can start getting them to change their energy and change their perception on stress, they can still move at the pace that they want, but you're not going to get that huge cortisol spike. You're not going to get burnt out. Right. So changing the moments that could be the most stressful into times of enjoyment, really, it's a mental shift. Yeah, it's a perception shift, kind of like a subconscious thing. Because a lot of times stressors will remind us of something, right? We'll be reminded of a moment when we were a little girl and someone said something to us, or we'll start... Um, having a lack-based mentality instead of abundance. And if we can kind of what I call cancel, cancel those thoughts and think in terms of desire and abundance and what feels good, that can change the experience entirely. So instead of, you know, yelling at your, or being upset about your boss, because they put too much on your plate, reframing that to thankful for my job. I also desire to have more support. I also desire a job I feel very valued in. And I find that this simple switch from lack to abundance changes the game in terms of how our body responds. Yeah. So how do you teach people to do that? I call it control delete <laughs> those circuits cool. that are running, you know, that make us stressed when it's just a simple perception change. Sometimes it's quite ingrained in the unconscious, but what, what tricks do you have to help people? I love hypnotherapy. I am a big fan of hypnotherapy just for more immediate, like faster results, like anything that I want to work through fairly quickly. Of course, we can do everything in our, our conscious level as well, but I find it takes a little bit longer. Hypnotherapy, one session, I'm like, well, reworked that pattern. I had a thing with my, my value and my worth as a human was attached to how much I work. And so I had to really look at that and reframe that to, to know that no, the more fun and play. And if I'm living my life on, on my terms, that's what's going to set me up for an exceptional life. But also my value and worth has nothing to do with how hard I work. I'm just valuable as I am. I'm worthy as I am. So I love hypnotherapy, but I also things that I'll do in, in like immediately is the cancel, cancel. So let's say you've got a thought that comes in that's not necessarily supporting your goals. 
I'll just cancel, cancel it. Like just say to myself, cancel, cancel. I know that that's not a thought that supports me. And the other thing I do is called a positive flip. So I don't love the idea of positive negativity. That's, that's not great, but looking at a situation and saying, okay, I'm not necessarily thrilled with this, but what can I show appreciation to? What can I be grateful for? And then what do I desire? So if you're home and your kids are yelling at you and screaming and they're like trying to get help with their homework, instead of, you know, ruminating, complaining, throwing judgment in the situation, saying, I'm so grateful that my kids are home, they're safe, they're learning. I also desire a calm, peaceful environment where I can get some self-care. I can get some alone time. I can get my work done. I find the positive flip and cancel, cancel are two tools that I use every day. Right. Because at least you're not running quite as much. So, you know, to just reframe it a little, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I tend to do it with homeopathy to cancel out those circuits, but I believe that like you, that the mind is incredibly powerful and it's just a matter of reframing many things and deep breathing helps too. Yeah. Like even when you're stressed, if you just start to deep breathe, it moves you from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Yeah. It's crazy how many people don't, don't realize they get caught in that motion of, okay, stressful event, got to run. It's the bear chasing me when really it's a deadline. So taking a moment to breathe also a hug, like the power and the release of oxytocin, when you get a nice three second hug, is so unbelievably powerful to just ground us, especially as women, we don't often get that. So having partner, a kid, even a dog in the middle of your day to give you a hug, just to ground you back down, to know that you are safe and and everything's okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So explain to everyone the connection between cortisol and weight and how it can, it's a game changer. Yeah, this is huge. When I, when I realized this was going on with a lot of my clients, that's a lot of them are doing the diets, they're doing Noom, they're doing Weight Watchers, and they're getting nowhere. And these women so far into the queen energy are not lazy at home eating Doritos. They're like Googling, how do I lose this weight? What is happening? What's going on? They feel betrayed, broken by their bodies. And I realize it doesn't really matter how well you eat. You can be following the perfect meal plan. You could be following the perfect diet and exercise routine. If the cortisol is out of control, we stand very little chance of, of losing this weight. The cortisol is going to spike cravings. So a lot of women I work with feel powerless in stopping them. It's like at the end of the day, they've been eating clean all day. They get a deadline come up or a relationship issue. And then for me, I used to be in the cupboards eating almond butter. I would just find myself eating it by the spoonful subconsciously, no idea what I was doing, but that stress response was so strong. Now the cortisol is also going to decrease muscle mass on our body. And whenever this happens, we're going to get a big slowdown in our metabolic rate. So the more muscle mass we have, the higher number of mitochondria, the more powerful our metabolism is. So another reason why cortisol is so important, it affects brain function, affects our energy, it affects thyroid health. So now we don't have as much active thyroid hormones getting into the cell. So it really hits all levels here. So that's why I say when someone's, you know, you're eating perfect, you're, you're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. Maybe your husband lost 20 pounds and you're, you gained 10. It's probably either the hormones or the cortisol response. Right. And what's our first reaction to, oh my God, I just gained 10 pounds. <laughs> <Stress>. <laughs> Exactly. 
So, so yeah. And so changing the mind is the most important. It's the place to start. Yeah. And also recognizing some, some women are just in what I call phase one of that adrenal dysfunction where they're very wired, tired, they're irritable, they're anxious, they're snapping at their partners. And I, I want to bring awareness that this is very different from low cortisol when we completely burned ourselves out. And I've been in moments of low cortisol, I can't get out of bed. I'm so tired. I have no motivation. I'm very apathetic. I don't care about things anymore. I've lost who I am as a person. And so I, I like to bring awareness that there's different levels here. And a lot of people will say, well, I'm stressed. I'm going to take ashwagandha, which is a really amazing supplement, but won't necessarily help you if you're completely burnt out because we want to boost that cortisol back out because it's up because it's been depleted for so long. So I find that there's different phases here and the more traumatic a response, the faster you're going down to burnout. And it's really important to catch somebody when they're in phase one, even into phase two, because once we're burnt out, once we're so flatlined, it's months before we get a good adrenal response happening again. And that can require a lot of patience and a lot of women when they're at that spot still want to lose weight, but I'm telling them, no, we got to have to get your adrenals going again. We got to get your metabolism fired up before we even think about losing weight because weight loss can be quite traumatic, right? You're, you're losing weight where we want to really heal you at that, that lowest adrenal dysfunction. Right. So how do you decide where someone starts? Yeah, a lot of symptomology, like someone who is very irritable, anxious, wired, tired, they don't necessarily feel stressed in the moment. They know that they might be going down later. They're kind of like really wiry. If you can imagine that person that wakes up and she's stressed and overwhelmed by how much she has to do in the day. So she's just piling back caffeine, whatever she can get Starbucks multiple times a day. She wants to nap, but she just can't. She might not be sleeping well at night, but wakes up and crushes a 10 hour day. She's also the one that's snapping at her partner, snapping at kids, snapping at colleagues. That would be someone I would consider phase phase one. Then as the libido starts to drop, energy starts to drop, she moves into phase two. Phase three are the women that they can barely get out of bed. They have no motivation for life, for anything anymore. I have these women who will have big events happen. Their friends got married. There's a baby. There's a job change and they just don't care anymore. And it's not because they're a bad person, right? It's just because they're so tired that they can't find that in themselves to get excited anymore. And what causes that snapping, you know, and is it because there's just no energy left to deal? Yeah, that and the cortisol will change parts of your brain too, I find frontal lobe activity. So it creates that irritability picture that happens. Also, I consider like an overstimulus. So if I've got multiple things happening in in my life, I I call it, I get stimulated. So if I'm not giving myself alone time, that stimulation kind of adds up and adds up. It's like a, I describe it to my clients, like a champagne bottle, but it's not a celebration. It's like you're shaking the champagne bottle and then it eventually will pop as those stimulus is pile on. But that popping is unfortunately a negative response, usually to someone very close to us. That's why emotional processing is so important with burnout as well. Because if we're not learning how to deal with our emotions, emotions should be free flowing, right? They should move through us. But instead we, as women, I find we numb them, we push them down, we suffocate them instead of letting them out. So the more we numb them, then the champagne bottle is being shaken and we pop. Yeah. Sooner or later. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, so just tell us a bit more about what the solution is. Yeah. So one would be exercising less. I find, especially if you are someone who's doing, I was doing CrossFit classes, not the best when you're in school, taking 14 exams in 10 days while working and trying to have a social life. So I find with a lot of my women, just pushing them down to 30 minutes a day of walking does absolute wonders. Um, Eating a fairly clean diet, of course, but when you're burnt out, you do want to make sure you're getting carbs, like healthy carbs, sweet potatoes, um, oatmeal, fruits in your diet, just to help repair lots of protein. I can't stress that enough getting protein into your body and anti-inflammatory fats, avocados, olive oil, nuts, and seeds. So I found the more burnt out someone is, you want a really fairly balanced approach to your macros. You don't want to be going keto when you're burnt out because that might cause even more issues there. And then looking at what phase of adrenal response you're in dysfunction and perhaps using supplements, either like ashwagandha or licorice, B-complex, magnesium, just to help support your body while you're going through that. Now, at the same time, it's that emotional intelligence work, looking at where your triggers are. Why are you responding that way? What does this remind you of? How can you let the emotions move through you so that they're not getting bottled deep down? And then starting to change into that feminine energy, which is tapping into desire. Like what feels good? It could be as simple as when you make your morning chai, morning coffee, morning drink, you actually pay attention to how you're making it. So spending time, you know, smelling the coffee beans before you grind them, feeling the the touch of the coffee cup, smelling it before you drink it, actually tasting that coffee instead of what we typically do, which is make it, chug it back and then carry on throughout our day. But we don't have to necessarily add things on to our list but instead change the energy of what you're doing when you're doing things, the way that you brush your teeth, the way that you wash your hair. Are you really being mindful and intentional when you do these things? Can you take a moment in your day and put some lavender on and actually take a moment to smell it and be in that moment? And this is shifting you from the queen energy of doing things so fast that you don't have time to think to the goddess, which is what feels good. What do you desire? Right. And just enjoying the little things that are so soothing. If you connected to the earth and connected to these smells and tastes, it really helps. So exercise down to 30 minutes. When I get really busy, what I'll do is I'll do five to seven minute um, spurts throughout the day and maybe do five of them rather than try to fit in that hour and a half or hour of full-on exercise or like you say to go for a walk in nature which is soothing at the same time as you're getting exercise exactly yeah i find for phase one phase two burnout the the five minutes just short spurts work really really well but anytime i find nature so healing just being outside the grass the plants the trees it's so healing we can just be and connect to that it's I talk a lot with my clients, the difference between doing and being. And so we're so pushed into this model of having to do more that we forget how to be. And one of the most nurturing things that I will ever do for myself is just sit outside yoga mat and watch the trees blow. It's meditative. Yes, but we're not putting the name on it. It's simply being, you're just being and letting that completely nourish you. There's been moments when I've kind of teethered on the edge of burnout where I was like, okay, you got to take action now. If you 
you want to recover from this. And it's as simple as going outside being a few times a day, five minutes a day, just to anchor back in, just to give yourself that, that support there. So this is a practice I do every, every day is just be, and it can be as simple as that. Right. It almost seems too simple. Yeah. That's why we've forgotten or mis, you know, replaced it with something more what we uh, perceive to be better, like going to the gym. And we're missing out on all this connection to the planet and the earth. Now let's talk about protein. What's the best proteins and fats? Yeah, so it depends if you're vegan, not vegan. I, I include meat in my diet. So salmon is my absolute favorite. Favorite. You could do wild. That's going to be the best. Um, but any meat sources, chicken, beef, depending how you do with them. I work with a lot of vegan vegetarians where we're we're just trying to get as much protein in their diet because it tends to be very low. So beans, legumes, if they can tolerate them, tofu, if they can tolerate that as well. Um, I love a beef-based protein powder, but I have a lot of clients that will do a pea-based protein and they do well off of that. In terms of anti-inflammatory fats, avocados, olive oil, like everyone could get a tablespoon of olive oil into their diet a day. Magic. <laughs> it's magical. Yeah. And it sustains energy, doesn't it? Yes. yes. And, I mean, that's, like, so keto is really low carbs, high protein, high oil or fats, but you, you were saying it's important to have the good carbs. So just give us a bit more on that. Yeah. If you're someone that's quite burnt out, then the sweet potato fruit a day would be good for myself. I'm able to control my adrenal response. So I will go quite low carb. My body responds amazing to it. I'll do what I call more of a um, carb flexible flexibility with it. So I would keep low carb maybe four or five times a week and then increase my carbs one to two times a week, all healthy sources too. But really with, with people, it depends how your body responds. I have some women that will stay very low carb and they do exceptional. They don't have terrible burnout, maybe phase one and they'll do great. And then I have others that will do so well off of a higher carb response. And I tend to find those are the ones that are phase three, so burnt out, can't get out of bed. We want to heal them and a little bit nourish them with um, some carb sources. So it depends on the person. Our bodies are so different and everyone responds so differently to things. So I think for a starting point, it's keeping things balanced between the macros and then being open to experiment and playing. How does your body feel when you drop um, the carbs down. How does it feel? Also cycle syncing is huge too. Like using carbs around the luteal phase menstruation is huge for our stress response. Right. So, and yeah, I find not keeping a rigid uh, carb load, but listening to my body and some days you just know you need more. Some days you can have less and thrive on that. So let's jump into cycling because that's an important part of being a woman, isn't it? It's, it's so important and something in society that we've completely brushed off. We very much live in this masculine model of success where you're expected to eat the same, perform the same, feel the same, do the same every single day. And really our hormones are constantly fluctuating week to week. And it seems silly that we don't tap into that, not just our physiology, like our hormones change, our brain chemistry changes, metabolism, our stress response changes, but also our energetics change. 
ovulation, a lot of us feel super outgoing and bubbly and confident. And then a few days before menstruation, you're like, give me my blanket. I will be on the couch. I'm going inward. And so it's so important that we learn to honor that and respect those changes because we are truly superheroes. We can feel it all. We can have it all. We can be it all. As long as we tap into that rhythm and a lot of us just push it and suppress it away. We think that, you know, luteal phase, you should, when you're feeling a little bit more tired, a lot of my, my clients will push against that when I'm like, no, tap into that wisdom. Cause that's going to give you so much energy and follicular ovulation later when you can honor that. So for the layman, someone that's never heard these things before, what is luteal phase? That would be the second half of your cycle. So you've got your period starts and then you move into follicular phase. Then you'll hit ovulation around day 14. And then the luteal phase is the second half of your cycle before your period starts. So this is when energy starts dropping down, but that progesterone starts rising, which is your calm, chilled out, anti-anxiety hormone should be making us feel very chilled out, but because we're always running and doing, we often have low progesterone, meaning we get anxiety before our cycles. Right. And because we're tend to push to be more masculine or react as, as a male who has no hormone or they do have hormones, but they don't fluctuate the same as, as a female. So just to pay attention to where you are in your cycle and honor that is what you're saying. Totally. I recommend all my clients to track where they are and then tap into how they feel. Do they notice a change in energy? Is there a change in their mental clarity? Do they feel more confident? Even the hair, how is their hair feeling? Like up until luteal phase, my hair is super vital and then it starts to dry out a bit. So just paying attention to the changes in our skin and and our hair as well, energy, confidence, mood. And then when you're tracking this, you can just know that's part of the wisdom and you can start to alter a little bit of your lifestyle around that. If I have a friend that invites me to go out maybe a few days before my period. And now I know, you know what? Don't make promises. Let's leave it at a maybe. And so I can really tap into how I'm feeling. There might be moments where I don't want to go out. I want to stay in. But if I make that promise, I'm going to feel really guilty about going, spiking the cortisol, spiking the stress response, leading to more issues. Right. When naturally your body is telling you just to relax and stay at home instead of force it. Exactly. It's all about tapping into our intuition and our wisdom. Our body is so smart and it's telling us so much, but we often do things because pressures, what we think we need to do, Google, we stop stop listening. Yeah. And do you suggest any uh, dietary changes depending on where someone is in their cycle? Typically, typically I would recommend more carbs around the end of the cycle, right before your period. I, our body craves them too. They, you'll, you might find you get hit with more cravings. Now, a lot of us will start resorting to maybe not so healthy foods instead of looking at what the cravings really are and eating a sweet potato, eating a piece of fruit, or just eating more calories. The body needs three to 500 more calories then. And a lot of times if we're dieting, especially, we're not going to give it to ourselves. Instead of saying, you know what, my body's asking for this. My metabolism is a little bit higher here. Let's let's eat. Let's just eat a little bit more food. It can be healthy food, but let's eat. Then I also look at exercise because right before your cycle starts, you most likely are going to feel a little less energy. So you do want to peel it back and just listen. 
a long time I was pushing past that that feeling. I thought I had to work out every single day and I wasn't honoring what my body was actually screaming for. Now I listen. And if I'm not feeling up for it, I don't work out around this time. Sometimes I just want really slow movement. Sometimes I'll start and then realize, oh, I'm not feeling so good. I want to, I want to rest. So I'll pull back the exercise. Right. Or just stretching. Yeah. So, and, you know, you mentioned seeds as well. They can really help uh, a a woman's cycle. Seeds? Yeah. Yeah. Like nuts and seeds, you know, different ones at the beginning of the first 14 days and different ones at the end. Seed cycling. Yes. I love the seeds just for the anti-inflammatory benefits of them um, and improving brain function. So giving our brain the fuel that we need and, and boosting the fats and also boosting the calories. A lot of women are, are under eating. They're, they're not eating nearly enough they need to function. So just getting those seeds in are a very quick, easy way to boost calories. Yeah. And easy to carry around too, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite seeds? I love pumpkin seeds. I'm a big fan of pumpkin seeds. They're so easy. They taste great. They're just exceptional. I love them. (laughs) And they have lots of protein in them too. Yeah, that is the great thing about seeds. So simple and lots of protein. And like you say, they're anti-inflammatory. That so thank you so much. What what empowering information? Anything, anything else that's just great to share? I would say. With stress specifically, it really numbs the body and numbs our sensations and makes us not feel. If you've ever been in a a moment of stress when you just feel like you don't feel things anymore, you don't feel your emotions, I consider stress to be almost like bubble wrap. It's layering your body so you become very numb. So the biggest thing that you can do is start bringing your sensations back. How do things smell? How do they taste? Being mindful of that, putting on the lotion of foam roller to feel into the muscles of your back, a lymphatic massage, something to strip away that that plastic layer that we've put ourselves under and get back into sensation again. Beautiful. I love that. (laughs) And how do people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Mcpherson. Perfect. And I will put that in the show notes. That's great, Alish. Thank you so much. It was just a jam-packed, full of information, inspiring interview. <laughs> I really appreciate who you are and how you're, you know, helping people understand this mind-body connection and just how to nurture in such a simple way. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. So welcome. And for everyone out there, don't forget. Don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. Spiral up, spiral out.